Key Aero, your aviation destination. Historic Aviation. Hello and welcome to the Flypass podcast. My name is Tara. I am assistant editor for Flypass magazine and Key Aero. Today I am joined by Ellie Carter. Hello, Ellie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're more than welcome. So Ellie is or was Britain's youngest female private pilot's license holder. Am I right? Yes, I collected my license on my 17th birthday, which is the youngest you can do it. And as far as I'm aware, I was the first person. But I don't know. It's just, it's mad. I can't. Because I've come down to visit Ellie in Devon and we're currently recording this podcast with the most stunning view, let's be honest. Um, It's incredible. So tell us a little bit about how you got into it, because I mean, it's kind of a running joke on the Fly Pass podcast, right? Everybody knows that I'm a bad driver. Like when I was 17, I did about four lessons, forgot to turn up to one and then just sort of bin them off. Eventually passed when I was 20. So yeah, three years. And yet here you are at 18 years old, having flown an aeroplane for literally half of your life. So tell me, tell me how that happens. Um, that's kind of weird, to be honest. Nobody in my family has any aviation interest whatsoever. I'm just that weird kid. <laughs> do, do you have brothers and sisters? I have a brother. He's rugby mad, but he won't fly with me. Apparently I'm too dangerous. You're dangerous in the air. I'm dangerous in the car. That is the way to be. It's trust issues. Just want to fly with me. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, um, when I was eight, I decided to write a letter to the pilots of the U2 spy plane um, because I was obsessed with physics and it flies on the edge of space. It's amazing. How, just, just quick. How how do you find out about this? These people at eight. Did did you have like some sort of encyclopedia? Um, <laughs> I was that really sad kid that Fifty Years of the U2 was my bedtime reading. When I was seven. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it was bad. Meanwhile, I, uh, I was reading Jacqueline Wilson. Other children's authors are available. <laughs> um, brilliant. So sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. Yeah, I was fascinated with it because it flies on the edge of space and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that letter went to the Pentagon uh, as a security risk and uh, almost got my parents arrested. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't. So I with them. But... Um, Eventually, they realised I was just a nine-year-old girl and actually invited me up to Fairford to see the aircraft. And then they got in my first flight in Wiltshire. And then they invited me to California and it kind of snowballed from that. So you essentially just cost your parents a really expensive holiday. Yeah. Or, or did, did, was this like a US government holiday? We paid for the flights, but we actually oh, stayed with one of the YouTube pilots, so... We were very lucky. That's incredible. That's I'm very jealous of that, I won't lie. And I'm not going to lie, when you said about they invited us up to RAF Fairford, I was thinking, I think you mean down, but we're literally... We're like down, yeah. We're, we're now down at like the, the little boot of the... Well, not quite. We're not in Cornwall, are we? No, we're in Devon. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so you flew with the YouTube pilot and you stayed with him. Mm-hmm. And what, you just came home and you were like, that's it, I, I, I'm, I'm doing more. Mum and Dad, you can't stop me. Um, yeah, they got my first flight after the first time I saw the U2. So I'd been flying a little bit in a Cicata rally then with a test pilot. And then I went to California and flew an Eagle 150 and a Piper Cub and the U2 simulator and skimmed the water and the rivers and stuff. And I absolutely loved it. And you just so, weren't scared 
fly at all. No, I've never been scared flying, which is really weird. That's, that's, no, that's, no, that's good. <laughs> that's not weird. That's good. I mean, even if you're an entry failure, I wasn't scared at all. I think the adrenaline kicked in. It was absolutely fine. Are you the level, like the level-headed person in the situation? Or is it only involving planes uh, think, or like flying? In general, I'm the person that just carries on. I'm pretty easygoing. Oh, see, I'm a flapper. My mum's a flapper. So. <laughs> yeah, you've always got to have a flapper. That's that's what you've got. Um, so you came home and you got your first flying lesson. So how old do you have to be to fly an actual engine? Because I know from like speaking to cadets and stuff like that, they have to fly gliders first, don't they? Yeah, it's it's weird and it's really confusing. You can't start flying powered lessons and logging them towards your license until you're 14. So for me, I started gliding when I was 12 and right. started on my 14th birthday just to kind of fill in the gap and stuff. And then when I got to 15, I actually started taking lessons Okay. and soloed on my 16th birthday and then collected my license on my 17th birthday. It's okay. confusing. I, I mean, it's, it's confusing. It's, all, it's, very, it's very impressive. I mean, when most of us are studying towards, you know, English. Do you think? Do you think it got in the way of like GCSEs or A levels at all? Or like, were you more interested in it? Or um, it's definitely been difficult because I fund all my flying myself. Right. I'm a full time student and I fly. It's a lot of work. Do you have like a job on the side or anything? Um, I do as many different types of jobs as I possibly can. So right. Film work, TV work, presenting, stunt work. When I was nine, I used to go down to Charmouth Beach and collect fossils and then sell them because that That's was amazing. my first ever business and. Kind of crazy stuff like that. So, Alan Sugar, if you're listening, Ellie Carter <laughs> will uh, <laughs> will business. take your investment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So, what is it? How did you um, come to? Because I take it if your family don't own an airfield or have any interest, sorry, in aviation, they won't own an airfield. So, how did you come across somewhere to fly somewhere? Like, I take it, do you own your own aircraft or? I don't own my own aircraft. Um, I mean, sure I, I'm, I don't blame so I'm you. I'm very lucky. I was going to say, I don't blame you for owning your own aircraft. Cause, I mean, I wish, but. Well, yeah. yeah. But we've, we've all joked about the car before. Yes, my car is an absolute bin on wheels. So if you don't ca- take care of something that drives on the floor, don't buy yourself anything that goes in, in the air. <laughs> Just use other people's. <laughs> it's, it's, their, it's their business for the upkeep. So how did that all come about then? Um, so the U2 pilots got me my first flight and all that kind of stuff. And then I think most of my flying has been from this place here, um, Eggersford and that Westercott just over the hill. And I think I got into that by, I think we were just driving past, to be honest. And me being me, I saw a windsock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, we need to go in there. Um, so I dragged my parents in here to look around the hangar, I think. And Richard was up here who owned the cub that I fly. Okay. And we got talking and then he offered me a flight and then... Yeah, he offered me another flight and it kind of carried on. <laughs> and then he offered you infinite flights. He's very, very nice of them. That's lovely. really cool. That's really cool. I mean, it's not every day that you find someone that's willing to, no offence, but hand over their 1943 aircraft to a teenager. Yeah, it's incredible. He's so nice and to trust that with me is yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really lovely. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. So I assume you've had a lot of attention being what was... Britain's youngest PPL license holder. So you said you've had a lot of work in sort of like film or whatever you've tried to do as much as you can. But have you done anything else? Because for all of you listeners, I am down with the kids. I'm on Twitter. That is how I actually found Ellie. 
And in her biography that describes who she is and what she does on Twitter, is like something you wouldn't believe. Like, it's like first flew solo at 14, STEM, because you study... I'm a STEM ambassador. STEM ambassador. Chairperson for YES, which is a charity to promote youth into STEM-related careers. Incredible. So tell us about all that sort of stuff on the side then. Like, <laughs> give us an idea of that, because that's, that's just not something that a lot of young people get into, I guess. Yeah, so I got involved with YES about a year ago at one of their conferences, and I've been chairperson for a couple of months now. Right. We aim to try and get as many young people into STEM-related careers and engineering kind of as we can, because let's face it, we need more young people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really, really lovely to be able to do that kind of stuff. Obviously, COVID has made it quite difficult. We haven't been able to do yeah. barely anything, but hopefully... Have you had lots of like Teams conferences and... Plenty of Zoom conferences. Oh no, yeah. Zoom. Our lives are all on Zoom now. <laughs> um, so what does it involve then? Just you basically telling your story, I guess. A bit of that, a bit of STEM ambassador stuff. They do build a plane projects um, for young people, like with schools and other organisations, and they build a natural aircraft and... Wow. Eventually it flies and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, as well as stuff for younger people, like pedal planes and stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> pedal plane sounds like something out of the Flintstones. <laughs> I don't know what that is, so... You've never seen the Flintstones? I've never seen the Flintstones, I'm sorry. Oh, right. End in the podcast here. We're off Sorry, to watch an episode of the flight. I missed out on all this important TV. <laughs> it's really not that important. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> I can assure you. Um, amazing. So I take it you're not licensed to t- teach, to instruct, or are you? No, I'm not. You need a commercial license for that and stuff. And oh, do I you? I haven't done that yet. But you I'd want love to. to do it. It'll be amazing. What are the other things that you can do from here? Because, I mean, you've got your PPL. What are the next steps for you? Because I assume you don't just want to stop there. I mean, you're only 18. Like, <laughs> uh, So I'm currently doing my aerobatics rating and okay. my IMC rating and my RNAV rating in different aircrafts, but in one go uh, down at Bodmin, which is pretty fun. Oh, okay. you know, on the really nice days, I can go do aerobatics. And on the not so nice days, I can go and do some RNAV and IMC, which is... All boring stuff. I don't know. It's pretty fun. I love oh, is IMC. it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. From the floor, it's more exciting, maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, you can't really beat aerobatics. It's incredible yeah absolutely amazing but uh, IMC is fun there's something cool about thinking you're turning one direction when you're not and stuff because you're in cloud that's that's oh uh, yeah I suppose because do you use like the artificial horizon and stuff like that to tell you what way up you are or do you not really go up that high you yeah, use the the artificial horizon and some other instruments and stuff oh okay. you just rely on them can you tell I'm not a pilot just do you use the thingy uh, <laughs> to be honest that's my language as well I just put yeah. it and go, yeah that one <laughs> that one that one's fine which I mean doesn't translate well over podcasts <laughs> um but you you all know what it's about um so what's the aircraft that you fly now that I'm I'm currently sat looking at uh, so that's the Piper L4 Cub right um, it's 1943 and flew in D-Day it's wow incredible and really humbling to fly something that people in Mobile 2 would have actually flown. And what is it? Is it restored or has it always sort of been... It's not been restored. It's been playing. It's That's incredible. Been... Just for context, I'm looking at the L4 that looks... with It just looks brand new. It looks as if somebody has taken it out of a box and decided to build something that should look like it flew in World War 2, but definitely didn't. And that did. 
Yeah. So do you know much about the background at all? Like who flew it or? Not that much. I know it flew in D-Day and I know it's flown in some various squadrons and stuff like that, but I'm not an expert. If we went down to Bodmin, there's um, Jay in the tower that knows everything about that car. Oh, really? But, um, I can't regurgitate it. My memory's not that good. <laughs> it's full of all the, the smart things. That's what your brain's full of. <laughs> it was. And then I finished A-level with a month and we're gone already. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What? So if you could fly, tell me, any plane, any aircraft, in fact, what would it be? I mean, that's such a hard question. Yes. I love things. That's what we're about. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're about making people feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Probably a bow fighter. Right. um, Because they're just lovely. And especially from around here, this is where they used to fly. Yeah. And they're just beautiful aircraft. I'd I'd love to fly one. Where we're from, if it's more aircraft would you like to fly, automatically, what do you what do you think the answer is? Spitfire. Spitfire, yes. So is that does that not really compute with you? Because I guess Yes, it's amazing, but these ones are so much cooler, I guess. <laughs> like, we were talking on the way down to see you and we were saying about how, like, it looks like something that shouldn't be able to take off. It's got <laughs> a propeller with two blades. That shouldn't be able to lift a human in the air. So two, it's, it's, two it's humans. <laughs> two humans in the air. So... Is that what you find so interesting about it then, that it's got, that it's a bit more rudimentary than, or a bit more basic than something like a Spitfire? Is it more basic than something like a Spitfire? Oh, it's basic. There's four instruments in the whole aircraft, which is good. Oh. It's it's very simple. It's nice. Um, but I mean, I love the Spitfire. I'd love to fly a Spitfire. They're beautiful aircraft, but... um, the Anybody out there with a Spitfire, <laughs> hit Ellie up. <laughs> She'll fly down to you and then fly back in your Spitfire. <laughs> you might not be able to keep it, but... <laughs> The, um, it's just a lovely aircraft. It's it's beautiful. It flies amazing, and I don't know. I think the history is so humbling about it. Yeah, the fact that it's kind of I guess an unsung hero in a way. They had a well, really important job, but and I think that's the thing, isn't it? There's so much that people forget because obviously things like the Spitfire and the Hurricane and the Lank were so prominent. A lot of people forget about the the small boys to the side. Which I guess you could say that the cub is, really. And like you say, they don't really necessarily get the, t- the attention they deserve. No, they are wonderful aircraft. And yeah. I don't know, I could imagine flying that in D Day, you know, really, really low over the beaches as a recce. It would have been amazing. Well, I say amazing. Well, <laughs> it might not have been amazing, but it would have. It would have been a. It, it would have been, been a, surreal. Yeah. That's the word we're looking for surreal. Get your thesaurus out. It's brilliant. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm. I mean, I sit here and I joke and I say I'm too thick to fly an aeroplane. I am definitely too thick to fly an, aer- fly an aeroplane. <laughs> I have a lot of family history with the, in the, within the RAF and commercial flying. But looking at that just makes me realise how unlike trained I am to fly anything like that. That's, that is something that's got no computers behind it. It's got nothing to back you up at all. No. <laughs> If flying becomes natural, though, I think the more you practice it, the more it moves from having to think of it to being more automatic. Yeah. So. Do you find yourself, like, popular amongst your group of friends? Because they're like, I'll go up with Ellie this weekend. Um, no, I will. I'm the weird one. Let's uh, just put it that way. That's good. <laughs> always been um, the weird one. Yeah, I've always been the weird geek that also flies planes. It's a weird combo. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of got 
a bit cooler now I'm older. People kind of realise, wait, you can actually fly a plane and you can take people. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Certainly when I was learning, it was it was not cool. Really? Yeah. I would have thought that, like, being younger, that people would have been a bit more... Not that I'm saying, like, the older you get, the less cool it becomes, but, like, I don't know, I feel like kids are so much more wowed by things. So I would have thought it would be even... Like, I mean, I know I was more wowed when I was younger, because I suppose I'm more used to the idea that things can fly now. So, but I guess if that's not your experience, I don't know. Yeah, I guess aviation can kind of seem very unachievable and Mm. very closed off to a lot of young people. Mm. And I can see that I don't come from an aviation background at all. And it's very hard to get into. Yeah. So I can see from that aspect, you can kind of just assume that you're very, very lucky. And I am very, very lucky. (laughs) But um, I can see where it comes from. But yeah it is so amazing that's the thing isn't it it's it does feel unachievable if you don't know I suppose what to do or where to go and you at nine years old eight years old probably weren't expecting any response from who would it have been at the time who was the president I don't know I mean well I mean the pentagon in general I didn't actually put my address on that letter so they went looking for me on Radio Devon which was wow yes I wonder if we could find that clip I mean, there's every possibility you could. That would be that would be cool. Be quite cool. So what they just were like, the Pentagon is looking for Ellie Carter. <laughs> like, what, what, how does that go? <laughs> I think it was because it went through like um, Riyadh, so they were looking. Oh, for I love Riyadh. And it must have been a huge logistical. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's impressive. You have been manhunted from Washington. California's when they're based. So is it? I think, yeah. Can you tell, like? No knowledge of anything at all. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll go down and see Ellie. What is it? An hour's drive? No, five. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have no knowledge of anything like that. I know I keep saying it, but it's incredible. It is just mad. I mean, what would you say, for example, if I know, like, I've got, I've got a nephew who's five. I mean, I know it's different because he's a male, and let's be honest, it is a male-dominated industry. I think more, m- less so nowadays but what would you say to like him at this point because I assume that's that's the sort of age that you would start to take an interest and start to be aware of things going on what would you say to him just do it like I don't yeah just do it it's really hard to give (laughs) advice because everyone comes from different backgrounds yeah but just if you can get up to your local airfield go to your local airfield because pilots love to talk and they love to share their knowledge so and I love that I think Every, everybody that I've met has always been so embracing of it. I mean, I think they realise within a couple of minutes that, yeah, it's not possible to get this girl to fly a plane. <laughs> but, but they always want to tell me about like what they do. And, and obviously, you obviously enjoy talking about what you do. I assume we're not inconveniencing you. No, I love it. And <laughs> being able to share aviation to as many people as possible and make it more yeah. accessible is just so lovely. I love flying people and taking people for their first flights. Yeah. It's like the most amazing thing when you see their face and stuff. And it's just... It's such an amazing industry and such an amazing hobby. It's almost otherworldly, isn't it? Because it's not natural to be in the air, is it? Well, I mean, it's becoming more natural, (laughs) but you know what I mean. Yeah, I I guess so. I know it's really, really cheesy, but it is like the ultimate sense of freedom. Mm. And it's just lovely, especially being as young as I am. And especially when I was younger and I had to rely on my parents for everything. Mm. It was really nice to suddenly be in the air and like, Dad, I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What I find incredible, right, is that you can't drive an actual car yet, but you can fly. So, like, I don't know, if your friends were like, oh, we're going to go to 
Manchester for the day. Do you want to drive up? There's no, there's no room in our car. You're going to have to, you know, drive up. No problem. I'll take the plane. <laughs> like what? one? I mean, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Although the plane needs a lot of fuel probably. And uh, it's not that much faster than a car. It only cruises at 70 mile an hour. So, but it's a straight line, granted. But um, with a headwind, it's still taking a little while. But I mean, ultimately, realistically, as long as you've got somewhere to land, you probably don't need a car. Just take the plane. Um, we are in the middle of nowhere in this area. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we that's also true. Here. Yeah, <laughs> COVID has been a nightmare with driving. I've, just as I'm like ready to take the test, oh, and no. we can't book in because there's such a waiting list. And have you have you got to wait for a stupid? I know somebody that's they took their theory test at the. I think it was the end of 2019 and can't get, because of where we live and how busy it is, cannot get a test until 2023. It's crazy. I mean, at least you've got the aircraft to be able to get up and have that sense of freedom. Like if you desperately need to get anywhere, I mean, I don't know how desperate you need to be (laughs) to to get anywhere, but like, what about things like, we're going to get onto some like girly conversation here because um, I'm, I'm more interested. Things like prom. Did you turn up in a plane? Uh, no, I snuck in through the back door. Right. Uh, <laughs> tune out if you... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to turn up with everyone else. They were all turning up in their tractors, so... My mum worked at the place that prom was held, so we uh, snuck in through the back door, which is good. I saved all the photos. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you snuck in through the back door because you hadn't bought your ticket. <laughs> I was no, going to I like, did buy my uh, ticket. Tune out. Was, tune out. Yeah. Because I did the, the typical thing and went in like this really trashy limo. How incredible would it be to turn up flying yourself? I think I wanted to do it, but um, there was nowhere to land. So yeah, of yeah. course, it's not really. Well, yeah, I didn't really think that. Yeah, then we had the idea of the helicopter, and then realised that would cost so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could get like three hours flying for that. So we gave up on that one and snuck oh. through the back door. Yes, yeah, snuck through that. It did the trick. Brilliant. So thank you for talking to me. I mean, it's just been a ramble of conversation at this point. Um, <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not quite as um, seasoned at the podcast presenting as Hans and James, but I do find really interesting people to talk to. So that's where I top trump them. (laughs) Not that anybody's more interesting than anybody else. But yeah, so um, thank you for talking to us. Incredible. Really excited about everything that you do. I could literally sit here and talk to you for another half an hour, but um, don't think that would be very appreciated by the listeners who have to listen to my voice. So um, yeah, well, thank you for listening. And tune in next week for another episode of the Flypass podcast. Thanks. This has been a podcast from Key Aero, your aviation destination. Remember, visit www.key.aero for more of the same. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to catch up with you again soon.